Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. All the Commanders fans out here are wondering, what team will we see on Sunday? Right? What Washington Commanders team will show up on Sunday? Will it beat the team that nearly beat the Super Bowl runner-ups, the Philadelphia Eagles? Will it be the team that got past the Arizona Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Atlanta Falcons? Or will it be the team that allowed the Bills and the Bears to score 77 points in those two games combined? 77 points. Which team is going to show up on Sunday? Is the defense going to bend but don't break? But then have turnovers? Or are they going to bend and then break within the red zone and let DJ Moore go off for 200 yards? We don't know. We don't know. I'll tell you this, though. The Giants look tough against the Bills. They might be 1-5, but like I said earlier, Daniel Jones has got our number. He's 5-1-1 one, one against the Commanders. The Giants have had our ass more than the Eagles and the Cowboys in the last five years. And that's just a tough place to play at MetLife Stadium, even though they haven't won a game yet this season. It makes me even more nervous. And they look tough as hell against the Bills. I mean, yes, they have offensive struggles, and Tyrod made a few mistakes around the goal line, but their defense was so much better than ours against the Bills. I mean, whew, think back to that Bills game. Stephon Diggs destroyed us. Dalton Knox was getting open. The other tight end was getting open. Gabe Davis had a touchdown grab. The Giants held the Bills in check for three and a half quarters of that game. Three and a half quarters, Bill, uh, the Bills were doing nothing offensively. Just punting the ball away. Pump, 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 pump. So I think this could be a low-scoring defensive battle. Now I threw it out there. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. The question of the day on the Richmond Commander is, does Sam Howell have enough weapons? He's taken 34 sacks. 215 lost yards. That's 29th out of all the other NFL quarterbacks yet in net yards gained per pass attempt. Does he have enough weapons to release the ball on time and not take some of these sacks? That's the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. What do you think? Does Sam Howell have enough weapons to get the ball out of his hands in time? So we know his main target is going to be Terry McLaurin. McLaurin on the season has 342 yards. He's been targeted 42 times, has 31 receptions. Surprisingly, the second wide receiver with the most yards is Curtis Samuel. As Jahan Dotson's taken a step back, Logan Thomas hasn't been fully healthy. We haven't seen Cole Turner. They do get the running backs involved, but not as much as Curtis Samuel, who has two touchdowns. He has a long catch of 37 yards. He's averaging 10.6 yards every time that he makes a catch. He has been a huge part of this commander's offense. Then is Logan Thomas with 185 yards. Then you get to Jahan Dotson. And last year, we were ta- we were calling Jahan Dotson a freaking Jedi, right? We were like, Han Solo Dotson. He gets open. You can't cover him. He's one with the force. You can't stop him. Well, this year, the issue is the dropped balls, all right? 
And he's not winning his individual matchup. He's been targeted 31 times. Only has 17 receptions. That's almost 50% of the times he's thrown the ball. He doesn't make a catch. And it starts to make me believe that Sam Howell doesn't trust him, right? And everyone always says, right, based on Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all the best quarterbacks, they quarterbacks only throw to guys that they trust that can make the catch. That's why you've seen Deami Brown involved, all right? Even though he has some, he's had a few drops this year, he has six catches uh, because Sam Howell likes throwing to his former UNC teammate. Antonio Gibson's been involved. Brian Robinson has been the best part of the commander's passing game, if you ask me, because he's having an unbelievable average at 10.3 yards a time every time he makes a catch. That's been the screen game, uh, been the swing passes, or just the dump-offs to him in the flat. That's been a big part of this offense. Now, we haven't gotten much from Cole Turner, John Bates, Byron Pringle, or Jamison Crowder, but I believe Sam Howell has enough weapons to get the ball out on time. The issue is, is that he kind of likes to sit in the pocket, right? You think back to his time in college with UNC, some of his best plays came because he was waiting, you know, buying time in the pocket and then firing it downfield. And he's used to that. You know, the amount of sacks that he took in college should have let everyone know in Washington, this, guy, this guy's going to take a lot of sacks. Now, as I said last segment, I don't think it's an issue or as big of an issue as some people are making it because these are not sack fumbles. He corrected that mistake week one against the Cardinals. Could have cost us the game. Since then, he's taken 34 sacks, but yet he has not had that many turnovers. Six interceptions compared to nine touchdowns. You'll take that every single day from a rookie, and he's held onto the ball when he gets sacked, has not fumbled uh, and had it recovered by the opposing team since week one. And look, I think you can say for Sam Howell, he's starting to hit his stride, right? He's starting to really figure out how he can make this offense work, right? And, and some of it is his ability to run, but more often than not, it's his ability to hit his first target on time. And that usually is Terry McLaurin, it's been Curtis Samuel, or it's been Logan Thomas. Those are his three go-to weapons. And I think that he would be much better if we could run the ball more successfully. Now, part of that's on Eric Bieniemy. I think it's on the offensive line. Anytime I see us run the ball, it feels like Brian Robinson is dodging people in the backfield, and we get no push. You know, the Eagles have invented the tush-push. The commander's offensive line just gets no regular push. We get no push. And it's been an issue for Brian Robinson. It's why his average is down uh, 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, Gibson's at 4.3, uh, but you can't trust him to hold on to the ball. I think we will see Chris Rodriguez more throughout the season now. He had a couple good runs uh, in the previous game against the Falcons. He's also a different type of running back from Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. And look, Michael Phillips makes a great point when he says he thinks B-Rob is not your best first down running back option he's a little bit slower um but the thing about brian robinson is i always thought he was going to be our third down running back right a third and one type guy or you could throw it to him as well and they figured out that they can throw it to him uh we have not seen him much in short yarded situations be successful and part of that is i think on the offensive line so i do think it's going to be important for the commanders 
to use all of their weapons in the rushing attack against the Giants on Sunday. We want to control time of possession and keep Daniel Jones, who's not a good quarterback against other teams, but he's been the commander's killer on the sidelines. I'm looking for Curtis Samuel to get more involved in the rushing game. Uh, so Curtis Samuel, Rodriguez, Gibson, Brian Robinson Jr., and then Sam Howell. I want more play calls where it's a QB option and Sam Howell can keep it himself. I think that is how we kind of unlock uh, this offense and take it to the next level. Imagine if this team had a rushing attack and Sam Howell throwing, you know, for 250 yards per game and we're running for 150. Then all of a sudden, we'd be getting 400 yards uh, total offense as a team and not the opposing team getting 400 yards. As it stands right now, Howell currently is the ninth best uh, quarterback in the league uh, based on passing leaderboards, which is excellent, all right? He's second best amongst the first and second year players at his position, showing you that he's outplaying all the rookies this year. Most of the second year guys from last year, including Desmond Ritter, uh, the commander's offense ranks 20th or better in nearly every major passing category, including 10th and first downs and attempts and 12th and passing touchdowns. That's why the sacks are not that big of a deal to me. They're not messing us up from getting down the field, right? First down, we're 10th in the league in first downs. And you know what? I love throwing on first down. I hate the one-yard rush on first down. It drives me crazy. It feels like that's when this team struggles, when they're behind the sticks. Um, and also, he's ran for 104 yards uh, throughout the season and a score. So everything that Sam Howell's doing is what you want out of a second-year quarterback. Basically should be considered a rookie, considering he only played one game last year. I'm loving Sam Howell, and I don't know what people are waiting for. I'm ready to call him my franchise quarterback. Why? Because I think there's so much good there. There's so much positivity in what Sam Howell has brought and not much negative plays, right? Like I've said all year long, I have not seen this man have a bad game. He's had bad moments. He's had bad plays. But in the end of the day, he's also given his team a chance to win every single game except for that Bills game. I think he really has. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Craig Hoffman will join the program at 2 p.m. You can check out Craig Hoffman on the Team 980, always available on the go on the Odyssey app. Go around the NFL on NFL Hits, and here's a teaser for that. For the first time all season, Patrick Mahomes is not the leader atop of the NFL MVP odds. No, someone has taken over the top spot. From Patrick Mahomes. We'll break that down at 145 on NFL Hits. Bill Roth for the Cowan Gates Hokies update in about 15 minutes, but I wanted to mix things up right now and uh, let you know about uh, an interesting story locally here. Uh, it involves a ghost kitchen. Do, are you aware what a ghost kitchen is, Doug? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay, so I didn't know what a ghost kitchen was for a long time. Now that I've been hit for, to a ghost kitchen, I'm all in on ghost kitchens. They're so great. Really? Yes, I love a ghost kitchen. There, and uh, Richmond Eats is a ghost kitchen right in Scott's Edition. 
And uh, I had some really great food Saturday night at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Remember, I met the girl. She texted me. Uh, I texted her meow. Yeah, for her, you, texted, you texted her meow. Right, right, right. She texted herself meow. Well, after that debacle, I was like, I want some late night food. And so I went to the ghost kitchen and had amazing bulgogi fried rice. The fact that you can get bulgogi fried rice at 2 a.m. is unbelievable. And it was excellent. So we'll break down all the local food news right now here on Dude Food. Dude Food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude Food. So there's supposed to be, Stub, a food haul coming to Scott's Edition. There's been all this talk about it for over a year now. And I read an article a couple weeks ago. There's something going on with the companies that are hiring the construction workers to put it together. And it's delayed it over and over again. So until we get the food haul, I'm always looking for, you know, the best places to eat around my area in Scott's Edition. And Richmond Eats is a good place because they have this ghost kitchen there with a ton of different options and they're open late. Well, they just announced they're adding Bonchon to Richmond East. I love Bonchon. Have you had Bonchon? I have not, but I'm a little... So did you go in person to this ghost kitchen? Yeah. My understanding was that they ghost kitchens exist for DoorDash and Grubhub. They do. This place, Richmond Eats, allows you to go in. You can't really sit and eat in there, but you can order to go. Okay. Yeah, and a lot of delivery drivers are going. Like, while I was there waiting for my food, three Grubhubbers came yeah, in yeah. and out. And that's what most of the time a, a ghost kitchen is, right? And in college, some of the, like, uh, bars and clubs downtown turned into a ghost kitchen during the day so they could make some money, right, and, and stuff like that. But Banchan is known for their Korean fried chicken, right? It's a different mm. take on KFC, <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead of Kentucky fried, it's Korean yeah, fried. Yeah, they got the K-Barbecue on right. K Street. And what they do at Banchan, though, it's... I think it's the best fried chicken. It's the best I've ever had. They double fry it. All right, I'm telling you, it's not good for you, all right? It's probably not good for your bloodstream or your cholesterol or your belly, but the way that they double fry that, it is amazing. Bonchon was located right next to our 106.7 The Fan Studios in D.C., and I was getting it once a week. It's amazing. (laughs) Pretty good fried rice and french fries there also, but Bonchon coming to Ghost Kitchen at Richmond Eats. I... I'm out on Ghost Kitchen. Oh, what is because, this for? Because, listen, so so what they do is yeah. they set up these shops yeah. and they make these, like, fake-sounding names on Grubhub. And then, They're and, real names, but I, okay. But, like, th- there's a lot of Ghost Kitchens that are just, like, they're Applebee's, but it's a new name, and it's only part of the menu. Okay. And, and they're trying to make you think that you're supporting, like, this local small restaurant. Right, when you're like, not. Like, there's this place called, like, I, I don't know, like, crazy chicken okay. that I would get in Blacksburg. It was just outhouse, uh, outback. Yeah. It was just outback chicken. Okay. And so you think that you're supporting this place. But did it not taste good? I mean, it was an outback chicken. Like, it was like, fine. Yeah, I don't know. It was probably really <laughs> good. Here's what you're... So you're out on the idea of a ghost kitchen, but you have to admit, they all taste good. I mean, like, they're fine. They're good I, food. Look, I'm I'm a DoorDash driver myself. Oh, I didn't know this. I do. That, that That's my that's side. That's awkward when you show up at my apartment. <laughs> That's going to be really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Why, why isn't the podcast posted today? Oh, thanks for my chicken. You yeah. better tip me well. <laughs> I tell you, you know pe- what? Let me be honest with you. I am not a good tipper with Grubhub and DoorDash and those guys. I hate you. But here's the thing. It's because 
You know what? I'm calling you people out. You what? damn food <laughs> delivery drivers. All right? And I, I've gone on this rant before. If you're going to deliver food, you have to deliver it to my door. You can't do the bit where you say, oh, I'm outside of the apartment. Come downstairs. I'm not coming I've downstairs. I've never done that. I've never you, done a that. A lot of the food drivers do that. I've never once they, done that. They refuse to come up the stairs. I always enter them, unless it's locked. Right. You always have to. Yeah, of course. Yes. So, yes. so pay me. So I, that's my biggest issue. And the second thing is the delivery fees are absurd. That's not my fault. You know what? That's, that's <laughs> work not my for, fault. Work for a better company that charges less delivery fees. Which, they all charge. Which one do you, which one do you drive? I DoorDash. You DoorDash. I DoorDash. I, I, I like DoorDash better than Grubhub. I will say that. But I am out on Uber Eats. My not goodness. once have I Uber Eats. Oh, my God. You might as well call an Uber, Uber to the restaurant, <laughs> pick up the food, Uber home, and it will still be less than the, the charges for delivery. I, look, I, I know that the, the fees are ridiculous, Yeah. but please tip your drivers. How much is a good tip for that? How much do you think? Like, eat, I'm shocked to get $3. Oh, I'm, oh, wait, so $3 is under or $3 like, is... The, like, I, I like, 50% are, like, $1 or less yeah, 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 yeah. of my tips. Okay, so I will, I will be honest with you. I've been doing 175. <laughs> is that what I, would you would you spit on my food? <laughs> I wouldn't spit on your food. I I because I get like I get a couple no tips every day. That okay, I do it. And so, I, I I've been doing a lot less. But recently. aren't you getting an hourly rate wage also? Um, you get an hourly wage while you're driving. Okay. So if you're sitting there waiting for an order, you're not getting anything. Oh. Yeah. So it's okay. not great. And how does it work though? Do you have to like it pops up and you have to you have to grab it before another driver does? Um, it only gives it to you when you have thirty seconds to grab it. Oh and wow! If it, so there's an option of per order or hourly. And if you're hourly, you have to accept everything. But if you're per per order, you yeah. you can just be so like, what are I don't. You? I well, you can choose. Oh, every each day time you, you can start, choose. you can choose. I usually do hourly because uh -huh. it's usually a, a bit of traffic with Richmond. Yeah. So the hourly have you been staying like better. around your house, or are you going all the way to Midlow? It, it it shoots me everywhere. Yeah. I, I end up in Glen Allen a lot. Dude, I'm doing. Be honest with you, I had a bunch of stories about Chick Fil A, Taco Bell. I just want to hear more about you delivering food. <laughs> so, uh, are they paying for your mileage and your gas? No. Oh, that sucks. But it's it's fifteen seventy five an hour. Okay. Plus tips, which. I can usually get twenty an hour, yeah, and then you take and out that's gas. Decent. That's, that's decent. decent. Yeah. That's decent. So I, I'm not. I don't mind it. The best. What, what are your peak hours? Like, are you driving at one a.m. and stuff? No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I usually after we finish up here, I'll go home, mm -hmm. eat, and then like five. Yeah. Five p.m. to like five p.m. to seven, and then come home and you can yeah, just live your normal out. life. Yeah. Yeah. But the best was one because I did this in high school too. It was it was like Christmas time, and uh -huh. I did it. And the family left out some little candy canes in a note and and uh, and some dollar tips for me. Really? And that was that was the best. Well, you just—that's funny. You just brought up a, a great story from college. All right, my sophomore year, we were living on Cherry Street, and we threw a, a banger. I mean, this was a, a rager, great party. Now I will say, cops came and busted it, and of course, mm. that's what happens at ECU parties. They always end a little too early. But what I will say is, the party was so good that somebody ordered pizza. The pizza man came into the party delivered the pizza, left his bag, and then just started dancing and raging and drinking beer. And we still have the bag from Pizza Hut on that night. He, he delivered the pizza and he said, you know what? Screw clocking in. I'm going to clock out That's, and drink some beers with AWOD. The, the, the thing is, I, I like want to do later deliveries because yeah. because people drunk people tip better oh i bet you know and like yeah, when I'm you're sober, downtown i'm like dollar 75 that's good enough but it's usually like it's like eight 
and I want to make a little vodka cran at home, yeah. and then I've had it, and it's like, well, now I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like you're sacrificing your own night yeah. to, to get the money. So it. it do you, what? It, what? Uh, do you go by a different name on, on DoorDash? Like, no, do you just telling everyone your name is Christopher? Yeah. You should go by Stubb. I, I don't think you I can change Stubb it. Stubb some more recognition. <laughs> I, That'd be all. If I got a, if, if you, I got a delivery from Stubb, I would tip you fifty percent. If it said right. Stubb is on the way with yeah. your Chick Fil A, you yeah. would <laughs> you would pay more. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should do it. Commit I, to the bit. I need to. You'll I, be. You're sleeping on how many people listen to this show. They're you're, they're going to start recognizing you they, around uh, Richmond. A celebrity is delivering my McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Stubb, Stubb came through with the Burger King. Now he's the Burger King. All right, I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. If we missed any food news because we got uh, d- distracted here by uh, Stubb's second job, you can ch- chime in 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball, the Washington Commanders, and proud to be the home of the Hokies. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. And now it's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Hey, man, good to be with you. Always great to be in Richmond, especially when the Hokies are playing well and there's this positive vibe about tech football. For the first time in a while, you know, I mean, I think the way the Hokie Nation feels now after the Pitt game, the Florida State game, and the Wake Forest game is much different than it did, oh, I don't know, a month ago or a year ago (laughs) or two years ago. So I think that there's, uh, you can see the the momentum building, you can see what prize to accomplish and i'm happy for uh i'm happy for our fans yeah i'll tell you my favorite thing is is i've gone out to wood iron river city roll if you home team girl anytime i go out to watch college football if there's a tech game on there's going to be a huge fan base they're all you know rocking their jerseys well the the fan base never left and that's i'm I'm smiling because it's fun to talk about tech's fans you know i uh i mentioned to you before that last year only two teams in the country lost eight games and averaged 65,000 fans, right? Virginia Tech and Nebraska. And we joked that that's not a list that you ever want to be on. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that the Tech will never be on that list again. However, it's it, it's an interesting note. Uh, and and they've sold out the first four games this year. And we, we talk about that. You, you see that a lot in athletics. This game is sold out. And then you get there, and then the upper corners of the stadium are empty. That hasn't been the case at Tech. Yeah. And – Again, this past week for the Wake Forest game, when you know our booth is on level seven at Lane Stadium, and so we can look straight across at the East Stands. We're at the very top of that, and we can see uh, straight across from us. At the very top, you can't see the aisles. There, it's overflow. It's jammed. And I, and I, I mentioned on the air when the Hokies were getting set to play uh, the Pit game that the vibe was as if the Georgia Bulldogs were in town <laughs> and both teams were undefeated in week 10. That's what it felt like. Now, we know that that if you don't win, eventually that wears off, right? But it, but, but it hasn't happened to Tech. Yeah. And the fans are coming. And, and, you know, we have more, I think this, there are more Virginia Tech fans today than ever. And if you look at ticket sales, Tech has never sold more tickets, okay, Tech is selling more tickets now than it ever did during the Michael Vick era. Wow. Or the Brian Randall era. Or the Logan Thomas era. 
Or the Tyrod Taylor era. <laughs> yeah. Virginia Tech is raising more money than it ever did. Ever. Last year was the highest year ever. That was coming off a, a three and eight, right? Yeah. Uh, enrollment is up, all those, all those metrics that you look at. But the, you're right. The fan base has been there. And it's, it's, it's just great to be a part of it. And, yeah. you know, the, uh, it, it's part of the culture, particularly in, in the central. I know we think Richmond Central, but I'm, I'm from, from Lynchburg West. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's the geographic center of the state. How's that? Yeah. You know, the, the, it, it's, it's orange and maroon 24-7, and it's cool to see. Bill, I got to tell you, I, I know a lot of radio hosts across the country like to do this, and that's take out the back padding machine and pat yourself on the back when you get something right. And I, I, I said all year I wanted Kyron Drones to be the starting quarterback, and he's changed this offense. With his, with his ability to run, you're seeing it set up the play action, and the offenses look completely different. They've done a lot of different things. So if you recall back in August, it was who's the starting quarterback going to be? Remember that? Is it Grant Wells or is it Drones? And they were basically running pretty much the same offense because you're you're only practicing one offense. You're just flip-flopping the QBs with the number one offensive line and the number one skill guys. You could tell right away that Drones' skill set is different than Grant's, and they've made big tweaks there. They're doing so much misdirection. They're doing so many counters. Uh, they're doing a little triple option, not in the traditional option game, but very similar to what Coach Chadwell did at, at uh, Coastal Carolina and what he's doing now at Liberty. In other words, every play's an RPL, which isn't you know unusual for, for a lot of teams these days, most teams. Um, but the play call, there's three things that can happen, right? Like drones can keep it, drones can hand it off, or drones can throw depending on what he sees. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I joke with people, Bowen calls a play, Tyler Bowen, the offensive coordinator, he doesn't really know what it is either, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of the beauty of it. And so that you, and then you take a look at in his third collegiate start, Drones was responsible for five touchdowns. Yeah. Okay, in his fifth collegiate start, which was this past Saturday, he threw for 360 yards and ran for 50. And the only tech quarterbacks that have ever done that in the last 25 years are Gerard Evans and, and Brian Randall. Mm. I mean, Michael Vick never did that. Tyrod Taylor never did that. And he started five games. Yeah. So, you know, you, you clearly you, you found a quarterback here. You, you have found a quarterback, and the offense is it's cool to see what they do, right? He takes the snap. He, it looks like it's going to be a toss sweep to the tailback. Everybody's going that way. He fakes the toss, and he – Rolls out left and throws it. Yeah. And, and there's that wide open tight end. That wasn't Wells's thing, right? It was, Grant wasn't the run around back there and make people miss quarterback. And, and now all of a sudden, defenses are honest. You're keeping defenses honest. And there's now when you do just run the ball straight ahead, there's a big hole for Thomas or there's a big hole for Tootin. And, and on the other side of the ball, you know, uh, APR had four sacks on Saturday. Yeah. So that group's getting better too. So yeah. you know, they're 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 making progress. It's exciting to see. And the fan base can start talking about a possibility of a bowl game if, if they could keep rushing it like they did against Wake Forest, 141 yards. But more impressive was the fact that they held Wake Forest to just 35 yards rushing. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. 
Yeah, you know, and we'll talk more about this next week because the game's a Thursday night game. So both Pittsburgh, both Pitt and Wake Forest are having some quarterback issues, right? So Pittsburgh had Jakovic. He started that game. It was his last game as a quarterback. They've moved him to tight end. They brought the new guy in. You saw how great he played against Louisville, and they beat Louisville last week, right? Yeah. You know, Wake Forest has played both of its quarterbacks uh, this year, and they've had a hard time with it. You know, Sam Hartman left. It's a much different team. If Sam Hartman was playing at Wake Forest instead of at Notre Dame, it, it's, it's different. He's a, he's an NFL kind of guy at quarterback, and the guys that are replacing him aren't at that level. And so Tech's defense, it, it, it has, they did a really nice job of, of crowding the line, of mucking up the slow mush against Wake. They did a really good job against Pitt in crowding the line and getting after Dracovic. Um, you know, Syracuse has a Schrader is the best quarterback of that three. And, and you know, Syracuse Syracuse won at Purdue pretty handily, by the way. That's a team that beat the Hokies. That's mm-hmm. Purdue's only win. So, and they went to Indiana and did that. And I think that it, a good quarterback, you got to change the way you play defensively. And we'll talk more about Syracuse next week. But uh, I, I do think if the Hokies win the game, getting back to your question, they'd be they'd go into the month of November three and one in the league. Yeah. And four and four overall, three and one in ACC play, and and I think that's in a good spot. And 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 I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, they they finished the month of September one and three. So if you're three and one of the conference after that start, that's a good comeback, right? Yeah. But like Miami plays Clemson Saturday, right? This coming Saturday, if Miami loses that game, Adam, Miami's going to be zero and three in the conference, and Clemson is favored to win, right? Yeah. And, and so, we talked about this last week. You have to take advantage. Play, yeah, it helps. Got to take you, right? advantage of not having UNC, not having Duke, not having Clemson on the schedule. And every game on the schedule now is a winnable game, in my opinion. Yeah, Louisville on the road will be tough, and 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 the other games are fifty-fifty games, right? Yeah. I mean, even the Syracuse game, it's a fifty-fifty game. So if you if you split the rest, you know you got a shot. And and you know the Virginia game at the end of the season could be huge. The BC game. Uh, on the road is huge. Well, they're all huge because of September. You just don't have the margin of error after losing three or four non-conference games. But the Syracuse game now becomes the the absolute key game of the year because it, it, it sends you down the stretch. It sends you into November if the Hokies win, 3-1 and one in the league and a chance to – I mean, if you get to a bowl game at that point, Adam, it could be a decent bowl. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're like, "Well, my goodness!" Uh, you know, if the Hokies get to six wins, they might—they're going to have five ACC wins. They'd be five and three in the league, and they've won the coastal with a five and three record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I think that uh, you know, it's—it's it's interesting. It's—it's—it's it's, it's been fun to watch the progression. It's good to talk about this stuff again. Now, you know, you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you're you're really encouraged with the way this specific team has played in, in its last three outings. And that Syracuse game is eight days away, so we'll preview that Thursday night home game uh, next week. Bill, always appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate all the Hokies hanging in there with this team and this group and uh, and all of us. Um, we, we knew it would turn eventually. Yep. Hopefully this is the turn. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. 
Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We like to make this as interactive a radio show as possible. If you're sitting at your desk and you can't call in, you can always tweet us at 910thefan, at AWAD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Earlier in the show, I was talking about Sam Howe sacks and I believe it's not nearly as big of an issue as interceptions and fumbles for a quarterback. Sam is my quarterback one. I feel confident anytime he's the starter. I feel like he gives the commanders a chance to win every single week. Sacks are not great, but they're so much better than three interceptions by Desmond Ritter. They're so much better than fumbling the ball, like we're seeing quarterbacks do all the time when they take sacks. Yes, he's taking too many sacks. 34 sacks is way too many. But I don't think he's going to get hurt. I don't believe he's a stick figure. All right? You know, he's got some bulk to him. I think he can take these hits. He can take these sacks. I would like him to improve in that category. But at least we're not talking about a quarterback who has double-digit interceptions or double-digit fumbles. Not my QB one. Uh, Some tweets coming in here. Uh, Big Up tweets me. I'm telling you, sacks are not as big of an issue as interceptions and fumbles. Lance tweets me. Yeah, you're right, Awad, but bro got to stop taking so many sacks, obviously. Uh, Jack tweets me, Awad, I understand your point about this. The issue is that this volume of sacks will inevitably lead to a serious injury. Injury. He's kind of right on that. He says, I recall how quickly the promising career of David Carr in Texas came to an end over this problem. I would argue, though, that Sam Howell is built to handle these sacks, and he took a ton of sacks in college, and it's not like he was missing games because of a small injury. No. he We, we got a running back who's bulletproof and a quarterback who can take a 1,000 sacks, and he's going to get up again. What do I always say, Stubb? You get knocked down, but Sam Howell gets up again, and you're never going to keep him down. You're always saying we that. we got to put that song into rotation. All right, but we need to do a remix and have Voice of Bob say Sam Howell, right? You get knocked down, but Sam Howell gets up again, and you're never going to keep Sam Howell down. All right, let's go around the NFL and talk about the best storylines and games from this weekend here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, I teased this earlier. Patrick Holmes is no longer atop of the NFL MVP odds. All right, here's the latest odds from our buddies at FanDuel. Sign up today. Promo code AWOD. All right. Jared Goff is on the list with his 5-1 Detroit Lions plus 2,000. Now, in the offseason, we had a few people, NFL reporters, tell us to maybe take a shot on Jared Goff. And I'll be honest with you, I'm impressed with Jared Goff. I'm impressed with the Detroit Lions. I kind of thought last year was a fluke with the fighting Dan Campbell's Lions winning a bunch of games in a row and nearly getting into the postseason. But now they've done it again 5-1 and one, and coming off of a monster win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lamar Jackson has his Ravens humming. He's at plus 1,800. Christian McCaffrey, plus 1,500. Now we do have an update on Christian McCaffrey's injury Uh, Sources tell ESPN he avoids a serious injury. The San Francisco 49ers running back avoided a long-term injury and even has a chance to play Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. He suffered an oblique rib injury in Sunday's loss to the Cleveland Browns, underwent an MRI on Monday. All things are good. It's bruised up. He'll have to play through the pain, but I think you'll see McCaffrey on Monday night. Brock Purdy, plus 1,100. Now, he is coming off of his worst game of his career, 
right, in that loss to the Cleveland Browns. But the Cleveland has one of the top defenses, so I understand Purdy struggling. Plus, he had no McCaffrey and no Debo Samuel there in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts also coming off one of his worst games. You heard uh, WIP, the main show in Odyssey in, in Philadelphia. They believe Jalen Hurts has regressed. My take is, I didn't think he was that good to begin with, right? Philly made the Super Bowl last year, and they had one of the best offenses because everyone was trying to figure out their system. Nick Sirianni and, um, what was it, Shane Steichen was the offense coordinator last year, right? They figured out how to use the run-pass option to run an efficient offense, plus Jalen Hurts was throwing to Devontae Smith, who exploded on the seat, and A.J. Brown was the best third-down wide receiver. So I kind of knew Jalen Hurts was going to take a step back. That's why I picked the Giants to win this, win the division. Now, I'll admit, I was dead wrong, Stubb. And everybody should call me out week in and week out. The fact that I picked the New York Giants to win the division, they might be the worst team in the National Football League. Josh Allen, third on the MVP voting, plus 700. He's teamed up well with Stephon Diggs. Uh, coming off an ugly game against the Giants, but did lead its team down the field for a fourth quarter touchdown that eventually won the game. Like I mentioned, Patrick Mahomes now lo- no longer number one. He's number two because number one is Tua Tagliavoa. Tua Tagliavoa plus 350 to win MVP. Yeah. Tua and the Dolphins have been unbelievable. Now the sports books are all favoring the Miami Dolphins quarterback to win the NFL MVP award. A fun fact, I found this online from our friends at DraftKings. The last player who was not a quarterback who won the NFL's MVP award was, in fact, Minnesota Vikings running back Adrian Peterson back in 2012. And I'll tell you this, as a Skins fan, I can always look back and have fond memories of the fact that Adrian Peterson, the Hall of Fame running back, the best running back of my generation, got to represent the Burgundy and gold. Played for the Redskins and, in fact, had a 98-yard touchdown run against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we were talking about our injury news with Christian McCaffrey. We have some more injury updates. The Cardinals are opening the practice window for safety Buda Baker to make his return off of the injured list. The hamstring injury and Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray designated to return from the physically unable to perform list. I thought we might not see Kyler Murray at all this season. Well, I think Cardinals fans are tired of watching Josh Dobbs. They're ready to see Murray back in action. Philadelphia Eagles coming off their first loss of the season. All right. It was a bad one to the Jets. And no. The Jets have a good defense, right? So I understand they were able to stop the Eagles. But the Eagles felt like Jalen Hurts didn't have enough weapons around him. So you know what they did? They went out and signed seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones. Wide receiver Julio Jones signed a one-year contract with the Eagles earlier this week. The 34-year-old. Remember, a couple years ago, his Titans... Uh, Buddy A.J. Brown convinced the Titans to trade for the Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones. They played together in 2021. Now they'll be playing again once again for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Lastly, with injury news here, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence says his knee has progressed really well and he should be able to play. He's optimistic he'll play Thursday night at New Orleans quote from Lawrence was, I'm going to do everything I can to be out there. I feel a lot better today than I would have thought, so I like how I'm a pr- I'm progressing, and I'm going to do everything I can to be out there 
on Thursday. It's really progressed well throughout the past 24 and 48 hours. So I really like where it's at. So that's big news for tomorrow's Thursday night football matchup between the Saints and the Jags. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM.